Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What up, what up, what up? It's Tuesday. We're in Los Angeles. Freezing here on Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Right across the street from the Crypto.com arena which used to be staple center uh, obviously my old haunting grounds uh, spent many 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 hours uh, at staple center almost from the day that it opened uh, until the day i left uh, los angeles to come out to uh, las vegas to work for the las vegas review journal covering the raiders and working here at raider nation radio uh broadcasting and uh, talking about the raiders 4 to 6 p.m Every Monday through Friday in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador with my great uh, producer, Damon Cotton, who, by the way, does not like Los Angeles. Damon, I need you to get on the microphone and defend your honor on why you don't like Los Angeles. I just don't see what's so great about the city. I mean, traffic's always bad. Takes about like two hours just to get anywhere. I mean, it's a very oh, it over- doesn't. It's a very overrated city. Where, uh, how many times have you been here, Damon? Once uh, I've been to oh L- I've been to gosh. I've been to L.A. once I've been to Malibu. Oh, you want to know something else about my bad time? Got an Airbnb, stayed for the night for a little search. Guess what happened to that Airbnb? It had bed bugs. So I mean, down down it was right downtown, just a little bit away from that bed, cryptocurrency bed, arena. Bed bugs usually uh, have a lot to do with budget. It should be bed bug budget because. Yeah. What do you mean budget? You calling me broke? Yeah, I'm broke. Yeah, I was broke at the time. <laughs> hey, me and my friend. I've we... been there. I've been there. Trust me. That's why I know about bed bugs because I know what budget it is that usually puts you into that kind of a uh, that kind of a situation. But I'm you've just been saying, to, man. You've been city. to Los Angeles one time. Yeah, and, and I've been to Malibu once, and then Los... where's, where's Six Flags at? Oh my gosh, that's in um, uh, Santa yeah. Clarita. That's yeah, like, that's not that ain't LA. It's so. all it's all the same to me, Vinny. That's what yeah, you know. You know, you've seen them one, you've seen them all. We all, we've heard all we need to know. Uh, yeah, about I, Demond yeah, and I've seen all I need expert- to see. No, 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 no. You haven't. You can't come to Los Angeles one time for what? How many days were you here? Like one night. Just was, that one. We came for that concert and we left right after. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I I, I mean. <laughs> The ridiculousness of this argument for somebody that spent one night in Los Angeles, went to a concert, left town, and all of a sudden has this definitive declaration about, I mean, come on, come on. You have to come out here. I'll show you around. And my day in Malibu. It doesn't, okay, that was a different trip? Yes. Okay, what'd you go out to Malibu for? The beach, also overrated. Uh, Okay, that's enough. Cut the mic off. Cut the mic off. We don't need to hear anymore. (laughs) That just, I mean. Come on. Did you go to a good restaurant? Did you check out uh, any of the museums? Did you go to a sporting event? Did you get a chance to drive up PCH? Did you go up to the mountains? Did you go uh, to Big Bear to maybe get some skiing? I didn't in? do none of that. Exactly. And it sounds like none of that is in L.A. Yes. I, I, they got mountains in L.A.? How far away you got to drive to go up to Big Bear? That ain't in L.A. That ain't in city limits. But the the, the mountains are everywhere you look. Um, I get it that you don't that, that Big Bear uh, is is out of the city limits. But I mean, what I mean, do you want to go get a great meal downtown? You want to go to Malibu for a great? You want to go to Santa Monica, Santa Monica Pier? You want to go to the Third Street? What they Promenade? got in L.A. that I can't that I can't do in Vegas? I can look at mountains right now if I step outside. I can All go right. to a great restaurant on the strip. Of, I can go to a great restaurant off the strip if I want to. You're not selling me on L.A. because we've got it. Ev- we got every we got it all here in Vegas. 
Well, I agree with that part of it, but I mean, it's it's still not L.A. I, I love Las Vegas for its uniqueness. It's a unique place uh, in and of itself, but but you can't compare it to Los Angeles because that's a whole other experience as well. That's the great thing. Look, at, uh, one of the great comedians, uh, Bill Burr, was talking about how you know um, his friends from New York would come out to California and they they'd be like, yeah, I I, I you know I, I can't get a slice of pizza at uh, two o'clock in the morning. He's like, I know that's you could do that in New York. Los Angeles is different. You know, uh, appreciate the uniqueness of Los Angeles. New York's not L.A. L.A. is not New York. Neither are Las Vegas. That's what's so great about traveling is to be able to experience the uniqueness of each city that you're in. Uh, so, you know, you don't go to Los Angeles trying to compare it to Las Vegas. You don't go to Las Vegas trying to compare it to Los Angeles. You don't go to New York trying to compare it to Chicago. You don't go to Chicago trying to compare it to San Francisco. All right, Vinny, here's you what I take for you. You don't go to San Francisco trying to compare it to, to San Diego. You appreciate each city's wonderful uniqueness. And if you look, and if you're looking with your eyes open rather than grumbling, uh, being the angry man all the time, you're going to find the beauty and the fun in each city. But go ahead. I'm a curmudgeon, and I'll say it. Also, I know you traveling, are. Traveling overrated. Traveling's a little overrated. I said that too. <laughs> uh, hey, you, you know go, what? Do, oh, go sightsee, go see the Hollywood sign. What are these? Uh, what are these museums that's so great? What, what are these museums? There's plenty of uh, a great, but I mean, why is traveling overrated? Let me ask you that. You it don't want to. I mean, you don't want to enlighten yourself and see, uh, get new experiences, expand I've got, your horizons. I've got the knowledge that most people before, let's say, the 20th century, didn't have at the power of my hand right now, and I'm talking about my cell phone. I can read about it. I can look it up. Go meet people and talk to people and I sit, and have, I a, enough and sit and have a, uh, a glass of wine or a beer or a good scotch someplace. You should see. I, I know how to work a room in a bar. You should see me. Oh, I've seen you now. Boom. I know how to I've, work a room. I, I, I've, I've seen you. And, All right. Uh, so I know how to work a room, but okay, so then I'll why work are, that room I, here in Vegas. Yeah. I, I, are, you, are you scared of flying? Is it, nope. a, is it a, So you just don't like traveling. Now, I guess, I mean, you if know, they got some dinosaur bones out there, I guess that'd be cool to see in person. You'll 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 change, I think, as you get old. I don't know about you though. You're you're kind of a unique, um, one of a kind kind of a dude, um, which is fine. Uh, I, I I appreciate your uniqueness, uh, Demond. But man, traveling is one of the great things in the world. When you could go to Europe and go to Italy, go see the beauty of Southern Italy, or you could go to uh, London uh, and experience life there, and and you know the all all the whether you want to go to a great soccer game or you want to go shopping someplace. I mean, there's just so many great experiences, so many things to see, so much history uh, to, to, you know, um, to, to be able to experience. Okay, and- maybe maybe across seas, yes. Across the pond, wherever you're going. Like your trip to Italy, I'm sure that was fascinating and great for the, it you was. the whole family. But-, but, so, but so is going to Chicago for uh, a weekend. So is going to New York City. Uh, for a weekend and staying in, you know, uh, in New York City and experiencing life um, in, in, in that city and all that there is, you know, to, to offer. I just to say that traveling is overrated. I, you know, you just haven't traveled enough. I haven't. And, like, and there you and go. I can say it's overrated because <laughs> no, I don't need to. I've lived I, a pretty OK I, life I so think, far. I, well, nobody's saying that you haven't, but I think it could be even I think you you can enhance it by experiencing different parts uh you know of the country going down to atlanta and uh and eating some great food and um you know seeing life from from that perspective uh seeing the atlantic ocean going down to florida you never been to miami have you been to miami oh yeah i've been to miami miami's cool 
right, I like Miami. Miami's one of my favorite places. The Florida Keys, uh, driving through. It's just, you know, I, I, I love it. I, I love where I live, and I love where I am, and I always – um, you know, one of my one I'm of not my, saying there are no benefits to traveling. I'm not saying that there aren't. You said it's cool overrated. It, 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 things can be overrated. Raider Joe is on the line. We'll, we'll ask Raider Joe what he thinks about traveling. Raider Joe, how you doing, my friend? Hey, Vinny, Demon, y'all are killing it tonight, making me laugh. Uh, keep it up, dude. But hey, look, traveling. I agree with both of y'all. Hear me out, because mm-hmm. both of you can be right and both of you can be wrong. Always two sides to a coin. Right. Traveling is a little overrated in the fact where if you're just looking at it from a superficial surface level, mm-hmm. yeah, every city's the same. Everywhere you go, every city's got all their attractions. You know, you got downtown with the capital and hospital schools, uh, entertainment centers, everywhere you go. Like, all cities are all the same. Even when you do go, like, international traveling. I've been to Germany. I went out to Germany. I'm like, man. Everything is just the same as the U.S., except for everyone just speaks German and we eat in German. No, 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 no. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got to go deeper than just the superficial part of it. Exactly. You can't just be looking around saying, oh, everything's just the same. What's so cool? Like, this isn't that different from where I'm at. Thank you. And here's the thing. Damon, Vinny, y'all are from L.A. and Vegas. These are world-class cities. So you guys are, like, a little spoiled in the sense where you live there. When I go travel, I traveling to Vegas to see my Raiders play. I love going to see my Raiders play. And here's why. Not only because I'm catching, you know, a great-ass game with the greatest team, with the greatest fans, I'm learning about myself. That's, that's where the true magic happens, Damon. That's why traveling is awesome. You learn Thank about you. yourself. You learn about Thank you. I, 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 appreciate, uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. But and 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 he's right. I mean, getting out uh, and experiencing—you don't have to go like you know. There's there's core components of each city that's that that are similar. Uh, but when you get past the surfacey stuff um, and just get out to meet the people and hang out and you know listen to some music, go to Austin, Texas, uh, and listen to the great music scene there. Nashville. Uh, I know you've been to Nashville. You like Nashville, right? Yes, I do. Love Nashville. Okay. See, so like if you're in Las Vegas, would you recommend somebody in Las Vegas to go check out Nashville? Vinny, here's what I was thinking about as we had Raider Joe on, you yeah. know, because it's like traveling, like I say, it can be the truth. Like, let's here's my example. The Excuse me. The Lakers, overrated. But if they're playing, I like LeBron, I'll watch a game if it's on TV. That don't mean I can't think that the Lakers are overrated. Well, yeah, they are overrated now, but I mean, like in in the historical sense, when you look at that organization, they're not overrated. They're one of the premier iconic friends. You're you're talking about the Lakers this year, yeah, right now? It, yeah, let's say like if they're playing right now, people are like, hey, I still think they can pull it out. It's just like, no, nah, I think they're, I think they're overrated. Yes, but that I, doesn't mean that I dislike them. That doesn't mean that if someone was like, hey, I got two tickets, you want to come? I'd go. Okay, so if somebody offered you uh, a couple of airplane tickets and a great hotel in Chicago, you're going to go, right? Of course I will. I'm no there. idiot. I'm no dummy. Okay. Now but things can still be overrated is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, traveling can definitely be a hassle. You know, you got to go to the airport. You got to check in. It's, it could be a, a hassle. But once you get in there, especially if you give yourself uh, enough time to just be able to explore, it's just, it's good for the soul. It really is. And you know what? The, the one thing that um, you, you learn is that people generally – we get so caught up on, on Twitter and social media, and, and we think that we're all at each other's throats and hate each other, which um, 
you know, in, in Demond and I's case, that's absolutely the truth. No, I'm just kidding. He know he know he knows that I love him, but. Like, when you get out and about and you start, you know, uh, experiencing different parts of the world, different parts of the country, um, I'm not saying it's always this way um, because there are some places that you probably just want to avoid. I know I do. Uh, But generally speaking, you're going to find out that we have a lot more mutual interests and uh, mutual aspirations than not. I'm not going to sit here and say we're all alike. That's one of the uniqueness that one of the unique things about life um, and about the human nature is that you know we're we're all unique to each to, to unto ourselves, but there's things that we just all generally want out of life. And when we sit down and talk and have a beer or have a drink uh, or, or or go hang out, we kind of learn that uh, about each other. And I think that's uh, enlightening. But also just being able to see different a different part of the world, a different part of the country. Um, eat food unique to that city. Um, you go to Nashville or, or Kansas City and check out, um, you know, the barbecue in, in Kansas City or the pizza in New York, the Italian food in New York. Um, you know, you you go to Chicago and 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 do their thing uh, that that they do in Chicago. It's just it's 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 a lot of fun. It's one of the parts of my job that I really love. I get a chance, you know, to to get out and about and see different parts, uh, you know, of the country. Now. Sometimes, you know, whether you're t- talking about traveling in the summer and, and hitting the humidity down south or in the winter when it's starting to get really, really cold, that's when you're starting to think, oh, man, I don't know if I really – this is not <laughs> a lot of fun. But uh, but even in those types of trips, you usually got a pretty big game to cover, and, and that, makes it, uh, that makes it worthwhile. And uh, just looking at next year's schedule, Devon, the Raiders go to Nashville next year, by the way. So you might have to uh, finagle your way into going on that trip. Oh, I'll definitely. I'll do what it takes. I don't care. Like I don't care if I have to pay my own ticket. I'll go to that game. I'll right. try to get the credential at least. But I'll go as a fan. All right. Well, we'll see how uh, uh, how much ingenuity in in, in, in uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Ingenuity. Uh, you had ingenuity. Right, yeah, right I was there. What was what was I doing? Uh, ingenuity uh, that you have to make that uh, make that happen. I think we also go to obviously Kansas City. Obviously, we go to Seattle. We go to Los Angeles a couple of times because they play the Rams and the Chargers. Um, they go to New Orleans. Now there's a you have to. Have you been to New Orleans, Demond? No. Oh. Q, have you been to New Orleans? Yes. Yeah, we're Demond's over here talking about how travel is overrated. Your 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 boss. Oh, is Q, getting, is Q, oh, is Q coming on? He, he had to he had to like. Well, he, and, know, and, and he can't to him too. He can't explain himself on really why he feels like it's overrated. I just said it's overrated. Said, I didn't say I didn't like he hates, it. I he just hates, said it's overrated. He hates LA. traveling is over overrated. Yeah. Why? What's 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 so overrated about traveling? Where are you talking about? Are you talking about specific destinations or just traveling oh, this, in general? This came this came about because Vinny was talking about LA, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't see what's so great about LA. He's been here one time, one night. Yeah, LA's LA's cool. You know, it's cool. Why don't you come hang out? Wish I could, but as I said, it's not that. <laughs> I'm just saying I've been. I'll there. send you to the game on Sunday. I've man. been it's, there. It's, the it's one a pretty time. big deal. Got the bed bugs that night. I stayed in L.A. You know where'd what I'm you saying? stay at though? Who's, why you stay somewhere where you're gonna get bed I was bugs? Just I, was right bed bu- the cor- I was right around the corner from like where y'all at now, like uh, the Staples Center oh. at the time. Oh yeah, well, I was telling. I was I wanted I, to I, stay like, close to the venue. I thought I was being smart. As I as I told Demond uh, Q, bed bugs bed bugs usually have a lot to do with budget. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's the key right there, man. No, but uh, yeah, man. You, 
honestly, and in this business, I, I got to travel to a lot of places that I never in my life would have gone, like Nashville. I would have never gone to Nashville, and that's, no, that's not a dig at you, right. Devon. I would have never gone to Nashville, but, oh, hey, the draft's there. So I went, and it was fantastic. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, New Orleans, we're talking about New Orleans. I would have never gone to New Orleans, but it's just because it just wouldn't have been in my – not budget, but I just wouldn't even have thought about it. I just wouldn't have even worried about it. But hey, the Super Bowl's there, and there's a, events going on. Hey, let's go and then check it out. It's like, wow, this is this is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, even in a place like I don't know, we went to Pittsburgh this year. I oh loved, yeah, I love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was cool. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't there very long, unique, but it was cool too. Like with the with the bridges and the water all yeah. around. So yeah, no, it's it's a cool. It's yeah, there's there's some cool spots, Damon. And, and this this is the thing. This should be the goal for you. Yes, continue to grow in this business Thank and. You have an opportunity to do more of this kind of stuff. It's a grind. It's a lot of hard work. But at the same time, you, uh, you'll get to experience some things that, you know, you haven't experienced, and then it'll make you appreciate it more. And he, he self-admittedly called himself a curmudgeon. That's the problem, Damon. You have to stop being a curmudgeon and just be open-minded to fun experiences and new experiences. Because if you go in with that mindset, everything's going to be bad. Well, you know, I've been trying to tell myself that for years. Uh, I went to the Virgin <laughs> this past year. Went to the Virgin Islands for my sister's wedding. There you and, go. You know, it's just like, man, this looks this this place looks beautiful. All right, I seen all I need to see. Went to the beach, <laughs> stepped in the water. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> did you do drown? You almost drowned or what? How nah, you, not- you know, just uh, <laughs> did you not- it, looked at how clear it was. But like, man, that's some clear water. Did you not like the Virgin Islands? Did you not like water? I had a great time. Like you, you can't okay. swim, so don't even go with me there. <laughs> This you don't even have story. to swim. True story. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've grown up by the ocean all my life. I don't like going in the ocean that much, but I love being able to look at it and you know listen to it and all that kind of stuff. So you like the Virgin Islands then? Yeah, I had a good time, but you say like when you said look at the water, for me, I'm a look at the water for 20, 30 minutes max type guy, and it's just like, all right, seen all I need to see. Well, I, I can't swim, but I'll tell you, uh, depending on what I see in the water will yes. make, make me know if I'm going to get in the water or not. Just no saying. doubt about it. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> if, if it's a shark, I ain't going. What happened if they say come out for come out for a lap with me, Q? I'm, hey, then I'm gonna be on my best. Uh, I'm gonna get my uh, Michael Phelps on the best I, I know how. Jamon, that's how you learn how to do things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you when you force yourself yep. to learn, you're gonna learn pretty dang quick. Try to get my Michael Phelps on, man. If if something if, if there's something worth me taking that risk, yep. I'll take that <laughs> risk. All right, so let's get back to Aaron. I was going on about Aaron Donald. I was writing a story about How him. do we go to Aaron Don- from Aaron Donald well, to swimming in the Virgin Islands? Because, yeah. because that was another – that's why maybe I was like, L.A.'s not so great because he was just talking – he was waxing poetically, like I said, about Aaron Donald. Well, and I was just like, all right, you didn't turn me against Aaron Donald now. <laughs> it, was, it was on the top of my mind because I was, I was writing about him today. And, Q, man, this guy is just – it's a Hall of Famer that we're, that we're watching right now. And I think it's – uh, to be appreciated, but you know he's not the biggest guy. He's six foot one, two eighty five, and when you look at where the position that he plays, that's small. But he gets leverage. He's fast. He's quick. He's stronger than people. Mm-hmm. He's smarter than people. It's like to do what he's doing at his size is just unbelievable. It, it really is. I mean, that's one of those dudes where everyone who didn't draft him is like, "What were we thinking?" <laughs> right. You know, the thirteenth pick overall. Right? How did how did we let him slip to number thirteen? Because again, those kind of guys don't come around very often. You know, they no. just don't. He's he's fantastic. He really is. That's why you know, in just analyzing this game, and I'm, I'm not ready to say the Rams are going to win, but it just it's it just feels like the Rams are just a little bit more complete than the teams that the Bengals have played thus far in the playoffs. Like, you know, DeMond made a good point. You know, the Tennessee Titans sacked 
uh, Joe Burrow nine times, but they didn't have a quarterback right. that could that right. could get them pat, you know nope. uh, over the top. If the if the Rams sack Joe Burrow nine times, it's hard for me to believe. It's over. Yes, it's over. It's over. It's bottom line. That can't happen. The Rams, if they sack Joe Burrow five times, right. it's over. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So are we ready to anoint Joe Burrow? Like somebody was talking about, he's the he's 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 on his way to being better than Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, I'm holding oh, on yeah, a second. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. We going get captured. There, yeah. We get caught in the moment. Yeah. No, we do. We we like to get ahead of our. We like to crown the next person the next person. We like to talk about the greatest of all time, and this person is better than this person. We can never it's, – it's like there's – I don't know. I guess it's just our nature. We're always in competition mode with everybody. You know what I mean? Like, who's the next this? Who's the next great that? Who's the next this? And who's better than this guy? And, oh, here's Patrick Mahomes. Well, I got to be better. You know, I think Joe Burrow's a good quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. I think he's still got a lot of learning to do, but he's only been in the league two years. You exactly. know, so – and he's still coming back from a – torn ACL just a year ago. Yep, exactly. And here's the thing. We saw Dan Marino get to the Super Bowl in was his second year? Uh, it was early. It was early, and the 49ers waxed him. And was the second he, year. Ne- and he never got back. Yep, exactly. And I look at Joe Burrow, and I look at the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, the Bengals, I mean, you know. Yeah. I'm not counting on them being around for a long, long time in Super Bowls. But maybe, maybe you know, he, he's able to uh, uh, to get to that le- Get them to that level and sustain it, but we'll see. We're going to get go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Lamont is on the line. How you doing, Raider Lamont? Guys, what's going on, Vinny, Q, Demond? Hey, guys. Uh, I am uh, Raider Lamont, man. I, I've spent uh, a couple of days with you guys out at the Rockstar Bar and Cafe. All right, I love it. Master Chief. Yes. From SoCal. Yeah. Salute. Hey, guys. Salute. So I just wanted to tell you, man, I went to Navy boot camp, right? And when we went to boot camp, most of the brothers, man, start lining up in a separate line when it came to swim call. So don't <laughs> – look, look. Do not, right, judge DeMond when DeMond say, hey, if it's water, I'm 20, mile, I'm 20 feet away. Come on, man. When we went to boot camp, most of the brothers, man, we over in the right line saying, hey, I will take some additional swim lessons, please. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate that, brother. Uh, thanks for listening, and definitely get back out. Uh, to the uh, Rockstar Bar and Grill next year because we're we're going to be back out there. We're going to try to throw some parties during the off season too, maybe in the draft, uh, maybe some of the events that uh, that we have going. So uh, uh, keep us in mind, um, you know, when when you get back out to Las Vegas and look us up, uh, or we'll be tweeting out things that we're going to be doing over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill. You are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Vajoda Radio Nation Radio nine twenty a.m. on a Tuesday. Back to Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. You got a chance to say hi to Serena Morales, my good friend. She used to cover the Rams for Rams.com. Now she's working locally here in Los Angeles for Valley Sports. That's the thing about events like this. Um, You just see so many friends and colleagues from um, really around the country and obviously coming back to Los Angeles. For me, this is where I worked for 30 years. So uh, being able to see a bunch of my uh, old friends in the media uh, here in L.A. uh, has been really, really cool. But it's funny because if you took this setting right now and took it over to, I don't know, let's say Atlanta, a couple, you'd be seeing the same people. You'd just be in Atlanta. Then next year it'll be in Phoenix. You're going to see the same people uh, in Phoenix. So uh, it's one of the great things. 
about covering the Super Bowl, and maybe next year we'll be able to get Demon out here uh, to uh, to experience it. It's it's a kind of a culmination during the week because it starts a little bit slow. You got to understand it's Monday, today's Tuesday. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit early in the game, but as the week goes on, it just continues to build and build. And by Thursday and Friday, it is popping um, on Radio Row and in the city, the host city. And uh, without further ado, we're to go back out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend from the Las Vegas Review Journal, Vegas Nation, VegasNation.com, uh, Sam Gordon, my teammate, colleague, and friend. How you doing, Sam? What's up, Eddie? Doing well. How are you? How's L.A.? Uh, I'm doing good. L.A. is L.A. Uh, the weather is great. It's starting to percolate with everything uh, going on uh, in and around the Super Bowl here on Radio Row. Uh, we're going to get right to it. Um, big game, obviously, on Sunday. And, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, Sam, they, it feels like they've got a little bit of pixie dust uh, going yeah. on. And sometimes that's enough to get you where you want to go in spite of some of the obstacles along the way. And they went on the road to beat the top seed Tennessee Titans. They went on the road to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Nobody really gave them a chance to do that. Can they do the same thing and basically come to Los Angeles where the Rams, that's their home, and beat the Rams? Uh, Yeah, I think they can. Now, the question is, will they? I'm not sure. But if you take a look at what they've done to get to this point, they've – They've been in deep waters. They, like you mentioned, they went to Tennessee. They won a game where their offensive line yielded nine sacks, where their quarterback was flat on his back seemingly every other play. They were able to, to find a way to manufacture that victory. They won a game trailing 21-3 to at half on the strength of their defense and on the strength of Joe Burrow and some of the magic uh, that he has back there in the pocket. So there is a formula in place. There is a moxie, uh, something special about this team. Again, I think it starts with Burrow, his leadership, his poise, his energy, and, and then how – um, how that resonates with other players. He seems very beloved in that locker room, and they have a lot of great players uh, who have chipped in with that as well. But th- the thing is about this particular game is this is the Los Angeles Rams here. We talk about the Los Angeles Rams. We talk about probably the best roster in football, certainly the most star power at, at different positions. You have superstars in the secondary. You have superstars on the defensive line. You have superstars on the perimeter. And you have a quarterback playing at a superstar level uh, in Matthew Stafford now that he has – stability, uh, organizational stability in place, and the head coach, Sean McVay, um, that really is, is at the top of his game right now in terms of what he wants to do. So uh, it's a tall task. It's a tall order. Uh, but the, 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 the Bengals have proved stylistically they can win. They can win ugly, and they can win when, it, when it's improbable. So um, it's going to be the most adversity today, but I, I do think there's a formula to beating the Rams. Uh, no question about it. And I want to stay with the Rams. Um, it's it's so such an interesting matchup to me because not only are they different on the field, they're different off the field, Sam. And it kind of goes to show you that there's plenty of different ways to get it done, to build a roster, to get to the Super Bowl. Lots of different philosophies, uh, lots of different budgets, uh, lot, just all different ways to build your yeah. team. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals – historically have been very frugal. They build with the draft. They don't spend a whole lot of money in free agency. They don't spend a lot of money keeping guys for very long. That's who they are. It's kind of why they've gone so long without getting to this point in a long time. On the other hand, you have the Los Angeles Rams, Sam. And for since 2018, they've been not accused, but basically the, 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 you know, the book on them is, well, they're all in. 
They're trading first-round picks. They're all in. It's now or never for the Rams. I've been hearing that about the Rams, Sam, since 2018. They haven't had a first-round pick since 2016. They won't have another pick in the first round until 2024. Yet, in spite of they're all in, they're mortgaging their future, five years later, they're still here. They haven't taken any step back. They're going to the second Super Bowl uh, in five seasons. Is this a sustainable formula? Yeah, I absolutely think it is. And at the end of the day, what it boils down to, right, is that you're just trying to get as many good players as possible. And the Rams have figured out, okay, in their in their estimation, instead of rolling the dice on, yeah, a lot of first-round picks are productive players, and a lot of them have great careers. Instead of banking on nailing uh, a draft pick and then spending some time developing um, at the top of the draft, it's why not just go get players that are already proven to be great and that are in their lives and that are already impact players. And, um, and I think that pursuit, what you're able to do is that's why you have high-end players all over the field, again, at different positions. It's why you have the best defensive tackle perhaps in NFL history, the best corner in the NFL presently. It's, it's how you have now the best number two or best slot receiver, however you want to classify Odell Beckham Jr. They, they, they are willing to spend. They are willing to, to go get great players in their primes. And, uh, and to credit to their front office, they're also able to, to find value late in the draft or, or in free agency where, where – Guys might be done or might be given up on in certain situations, uh, and they fit better in L.A., or they, you might develop, draft and develop picks late in the draft. So um, I think there's a lot of merit to that. And I think even you know the Rams are the most extreme example of it, but if you look just kind of the NFL throughout the, the last few years, aggression you know, tends to pay off. Kansas City had a really good team. They were aggressive in going to get uh, Patrick Mahomes. I remember the Patriots, when they were trying to reboot their dynasty, they go out there and get Darrell Revis when he's in the prime of his career, and kind of floating around, and, and you know, he's in a material situation in terms of what he's going to do with his future. So the Rams, I think, are the most extreme version of that, but it's working. They have won. They've, been win- they've had a winning program since Sean McVay came to town, not, not one losing season. They've only missed the playoffs one time in that stretch, and this is their second Super Bowl appearance in the last four years. If you can get great players and, and keep them and, and within the confines of the salary cap and by being strategic about it, to do that, and the Rams have figured out that, that with their franchise, with what they're selling, their market and all that, it really, uh, their market and whatnot, it really appeals to top players around the NFL. Why not take advantage of that? It's precisely what they've done, and it works for them. And by the way, even though they've sacrificed first round picks to go get Jalen Ramsey, Brandon Cooks, uh, Matthew Stafford, some of the players that they've used first round picks to go get, proven players, even though they've done that, if you go back since 20, I think, 17, only one other team has had more draft picks than the Rams. Why is that? Well, they also make good decisions on when to let guys leave as free agents and get comp picks as a result. They trade yep. down to accumulate more draft picks. So even though they haven't had a lot of first-round picks, they've drafted as many players uh, or the second most players since 2017. So if you believe in your scouting and you believe in your development, you should be able to find players beyond the first round. That's exactly what they've done. Yeah, 110%. And that's what I think distinguishes good front offices from great front offices. Good front offices are going to nail the first and second round picks. You're going to get plug-and-play guys in the third round, guys that can contribute right away. Uh, but that's where a lot of the best talent is is, is undrafted and, and Around. It's a very, very imperfect science um, to scouting, to player development, to all those things. So many, so many, I think, factors in a player's development are contingent upon the situation that they go to. And clearly, with the infrastructure in place, with, with the, the, the general manager in place, with Sean McVay and his coaching staff, 
and with an ownership group that is now, you know, now in LA willing to be very aggressive and willing to spend, you have a formula and a system in place where you can find guys like that and, and develop those guys. And I think, uh, you know, other examples that include the Seattle Seahawks, their dynasty was built a lot on guys, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks, seventh round picks, undrafted guys, guys that nobody wanted. There's a ton of merit to that. So at the end of the day, when you take a look at the draft, um, as much intel and as much research as you do, there's still an element of randomness to it. So having as many picks as possible it essentially gives you as many shots um, at finding a diamond in the rough or a player that, that it was undervalued in his college or has skills that might work in, in this particular scheme or system. Uh, that's that's uh, totally they found a value there, and I think that's, again, a sign of a very smart front office and a progressive way of doing things around the league. They, they deserve a ton of credit for, for using that to complement their aggressive spending, aggressive trading in pursuit of, of known commodities, known great players around the NFL. We're talking to Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, my friend and colleague. Uh, you can read his stuff, his Raider coverage. Uh, just download the app Vegas Nation or go to VegasNation.com. Sam, uh, the Raiders, since we last talked, uh, have added uh, a new defensive coordinator, uh, Patrick Graham. Uh, there's some ties between he and uh, Dave Ziegler, the new Raiders general manager, Josh McDaniels, the new Raiders head coach. It all seems to always point back uh, to those ties uh, but Patrick Graham comes to the Raiders with a history of a 3-4 defense. That's what he ran in New York. That's what he ran in Miami previous to that. That's what a lot of times the New England Patriots have used. What should we be make? What should we make of the fact that they're bringing in a 3-4 predominantly defensive coordinator when this has been a 4-3 defense for the last four or five years? Yeah, I, I don't think we should make too much of it, at least not right, not as of yet. I think they're, you know, when you take a look at Patrick Graham accepting this position, choosing to leave his post in New York uh, to, to join the Raiders and to work with Josh McDaniels and his staff, you had to think he considered the personnel and, and had to talk uh, or talk with Josh McDaniels about how he was going to maximize the current personnel in place, right? So uh, maybe, maybe that's adjusting on his part. Maybe he adjusts his scheme a little bit and is willing to make some tweaks Maybe that's some compromise on the part of a, of a Max Crosby or Unique Dakwe where they're going to add a tool to their tool bag and become more of a stand-up uh, stand rusher instead of, instead of uh, having your hand in the dirt, right? So um, it's, it's still too early in the process. The job of the coaching staff is to maximize the talents of the players on the roster. There's an understanding in place that he's coming here to do that. Um, you had a great piece in the Review Journal that talked about that highlighted a conversation that he had with Max Crosby where he, he basically assured, hey, look, don't worry about all that. We're going to figure this out. Um, we're going to make sure everything is set. Uh, I think Raider fans should take a lot of um, to take a lot of solace in that. That, based on what he was able to do in New York and kind of how innovative he was able to be, showing some multiple fronts, being versatile, adjusting to his personnel, he can duplicate some of those concepts um, here in Vegas with some with uh, what I think is is you know a better roster right now, certainly better defensive personnel in place than they had in New York. I think there's a ton of upside with the hire. Um, credit to Gus, Gus Bradley for doing a, a good job, kind of stabilizing things. Um, but clearly this hire has more upside. Patrick Graham definitely deserving uh, of being a head coach, and, and I, I, I have no doubt that he has a plan in place for how he's going to utilize his personnel. Three four four three, not going to matter too much, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah, and what's, you know, uh, sometimes can be deceiving about, if you look at the numbers of the New York Giants last year, they weren't as good defensively as they were the year before. But an argue, argument could be made, number one, a lot of injuries. Number two, they just didn't have a whole lot of talent, even on that side of the ball. And number three, the offense just wasn't very good 
either, and a lot of times that's going to affect your defense because if you're not getting support from your offense, a lot of times your defense is just going to be hung out to dry, tired, fatigued, all of those things. So how much should we read into whatever numbers, defensive numbers there were in New York um, as it relates to Patrick Graham now translating to Las Vegas? Yeah, but he's not a ton. I think that that third point that you touched on, uh, the, the, the lack of offense, is the one that really jumped out to me. Um, you look at the Giants, they were in the bottom of the NFL in turnover margins. They were giving the ball away. They didn't, they didn't really have any vertical threats in that offense. They were banging them on that side of the ball. They had no running game to speak of. So all things considered, that, that put their defense at disadvantageous uh, positions on a considerable basis. But in the games where the defense was getting support from the offense, I think you saw some of the capabilities of what they could do. Even take a look at the Raider game, uh, in which the Giants played against the Raiders. That, that Their offense wasn't great in that game, but there was at least a couple touchdowns early on, and they were able to move the ball. And Raider fans got an up-close and personal look about what that defense can do um, in a tight game, in a tight situation. They made things very uncomfortable for Derek Carr uh, and company in that game. So uh, it, the, the stats are what they are. There, there is some merit to those. But, again, like you said, context matters. And given how bad they were offensively, it, it just it put a lot of pressure on um, on a, a defense already stretched in to be better than it actually was. Uh, I think you, you, you take a look at some of the positive things that they were able to do, some of the turnovers they are able to generate, some of the pressure that they are able to generate. I, I think those things are a little bit more encouraging um, for Raider fans or should be. And then, of course, the two-year sample size. It's not just predicated on this year. What about the previous year when they were a little bit more competitive? Defense certainly a big part of that. So. Uh, there, there's going to be expectations to improve here in, in Vegas. We, there's a, obviously an understanding of that, but I don't think that those stats are the, the end-all, be-all at this point in time for for the, the defense. Last question. Last question for you, Sam. Uh, as we start yep. creeping along toward the draft process, free agency, what kind of stands out in terms of what you're going to be really keying in on with the Raiders? as we approach those two uh, periods uh, of this offseason um, in terms of money being spent, what they're going to do in the draft? Yeah, I think the, the, where I'm kind of curious is to what, if any changes are going to be made on the offensive side of the ball now that they have uh, another offensive head coach in place and Josh McDaniels. And of course, it was, it's emphasized, I think, at the press conference that Ziegler's going to be the one that's, that's in charge of personnel. Of course, McDaniels is going to have some input. But how much do they want to give him to work with on that offensive side of the ball right away and what kind of money and resources are you allocating towards making improvements? I would contend that they're definitely going to need some help on the offensive line, whether that be um, with a veteran, whether that be in the draft, uh, somebody else to compete with some of the young players and, 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 you know, from their perspective, hopefully raise the level of competition on that front because I think it was far too inconsistent this past season, one of the main issues with the team. But I also think um, they, they could use another receiving threat on the perimeter, somebody that can take the top off the defense uh, be a little bit more vertical, especially after you know we understand what happened with Henry Ruggs and, and the Deshaun Jackson situation. He was he provided some value, but not quite the D-Jack that he once was. So can they get more explosive on the perimeter, whether that be through free agency, whether that be through the draft as well? So that's kind of where I'm looking um, at first. Of course, there's you know there's holes defensively as well. I think maybe some depth um, in the secondary, and then making sure you know decisions to be made on, on Casey Hayward and and other guys that were on one-year deals that were super impactful. But the first place I'm looking is definitely offense. How are they approaching that side of the ball, and what kind of upside do they, do they see offensively now that McDaniels is head coach? All right, Sam Gordon, I'm going to ask you, what happens on Sunday at SoFi Stadium when the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl 56? Yeah, yeah Vinny, I, I, I got, I'm going with my heart over my head here. My head tells me that the Rams have the superior roster 
which they definitely do. They have the advantage in the trenches uh, with that defensive line with Aaron Donald, Prime Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd uh, and company, and they have a, a corner in Jalen Ramsey capable of neutralizing Jamar Chase. But I like what I've seen from this Bengals defense. We saw them shut down the most explosive offense in the NFL in the, in the second half last week, or one of the most explosive offenses. They got a guy uh, nicknamed Joey Burr, Joe Cool, Joey Franchise, who has some magic to him. Dare I say a little bit of Tom Brady to him, a little bit of Joe Namath, a little bit of Joe Montana. Lofty comparisons, but I think he gets it done, and it's his coming out party in a close, close game, maybe a field goal game. I'm going to go 24-21. Uh, but, but, again, I acknowledge how good the Rams are. Uh, we'll see what happens, and, uh, and we'll, see, uh, we'll see what shakes out on Super Bowl Sunday. I hope you enjoy the game. There you go. Sam Gordon's got the Bengals beating the Rams, and I will remind people that uh, your Las Vegas Raiders were one play away from sending uh, that wild-card playoff game to overtime against the Bengals. I'm not sitting here saying that the Raiders would have gone to the Super Bowl uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's how close they were uh, to getting to the next round and beating the team, potentially beating the team, that is currently representing the AFC uh, in Super Bowl 56 against the Los Angeles Rams. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embodder, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday, live in Los Angeles, Radio Row, the Los Angeles Convention Center. It is Super Bowl week. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Look, I know everybody loves puppies. Everybody loves dogs. I got a deal for you guys. Thinking about a great Valentine's gift for your significant other, maybe your daughter, maybe uh, a loved one, whatever uh, the case might be. Have you ever thought about a French bulldog? They're called Frenchies, and they are a great pet for a family, for you know uh, a significant other. Um, they're cute. They're smart. They're great. Uh, house dogs, city dogs, uh, wherever uh, you might live. And if you've been thinking about uh, getting a French Bulldog or shopping around for one, uh, look no further because Raider Puppies are located in Las Vegas. Uh, they are AKC registered. Uh, they've all received their certificate or certified health certificate. Uh, they've been surrounded by love and attention since day one. They've got all their medicals taken care of. Uh, if you're interested, um, please give my friend Mary a call or text at 702-374-5040. She will get you hooked up. Like I said, it's a, Valentine's is right around the corner. It's a great gift. They're, every significant other loves dogs. And what a great way to surprise your significant other uh, than when a beautiful, cute uh, French bulldog, Frenchy uh, puppy. Uh, so give Mary a call, 702 374 50 40 just got a couple of minutes left here on tuesday on radio row here in los angeles super bowl 56 is just days away uh looking at a big poster of uh joe burrow and then on this other side uh is is uh matt stafford the two quarterbacks it's the first time in a long time maybe forever i don't know damon maybe you might know this uh have have uh has there been a super bowl that featured 
two quarterbacks who were drafted first overall. We'll have to uh, Super look Bowl into 50. that. But I, Super Bowl 50, which was – Peyton Manning, uh, Cam Newton, Broncos. That's uh, right. Panthers. I was, I was there in Santa Clarita. Um, so only the second time ever <laughs> that we have a Super Bowl that features two quarterbacks that were drafted at the top of their drafts. It, it, it go And, DeMond, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have been drafted uh, at the top of the first round um, so over the years. It's been pretty much exclusively lately, it seems, that quarterbacks are, are, are being taken with the first pick. So a lot of draft capital has been invested in that position at the top of the draft. It doesn't always work out. We understand that. Um, but, you know, here we are uh, in Super Bowl 56 here in Los Angeles. Matthew Safford. Uh, took a long and windy road uh, to get here, to get to the Super Bowl after languishing in Detroit uh, for X amount of years, 12 years or so. People kind of forgot about him and how good he really was. Uh, and then along comes Joe Burrow. And if you didn't see the magic at LSU, then you just missed it. And if you didn't think that that was going to translate into the NFL, well, um, I don't know what to tell you because he had everything uh, at, at LSU. And, yes, he had tremendous talent around him. Uh, but it goes both ways. You can have great talent around you and just be okay um, as a quarterback uh, and still win. You know, we saw many times where Alabama quarterbacks over the years, not recently, there have been some really good Alabama quarterbacks lately, but previously there were some, there were some quarterbacks that you never – you looked at in college and said, no, this guy's not going to the NFL. He's just got a lot of talent around him, and he's done a great job uh, to, to, you know, to keep it afloat and not mess it all up. But then there's guys that could just flat-out win games for you too, and Joe Burrow just has that magic. And for him to step into the NFL coming off a serious knee injury uh, that kind of ruined his rookie year uh, you know, uh, at some point, to come back the next year and take the Bengals – I said that pretty loud here at Radio Row. The Bengals, we're talking about the Bengals right now, uh, are in the Super Bowl thanks to a guy by the name of Joe Burrow. No doubt he's got a lot of help uh, with Joe Mixon, Jamar um, Chase, uh, Tyler Higgins, the wide receivers that they have uh, over there, Tyler Boyd, um, T. Higgins, I should say. But it's the Bengals, and Joe Burrow has said, yeah, I'm putting you on my back, and we're going to the promised land. And so we'll see if he's got what it takes uh, to overcome a star-studded team in Los Angeles, the Rams, in their home field, their home stadium. Uh, we're going to be here all week. We'll check you guys out tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m., uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. We'll check you out tomorrow. Devon Cotton, thanks for everything you do uh, over at Home Base. Appreciate everybody. Talk to you guys tomorrow.